When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to CLNS Media, powered by betonline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can support the show financially by going to blackandgoldhockey.com and clicking on the fanatics.com banner before shopping online. You can also purchase exclusive Black and Gold Hockey podcast merchandise in the official B&G shop. And now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show. fans and welcome back to the black and gold hockey podcast today's episode 130 is being recorded on june 2nd 2019 and brought to you by our awesome show sponsor betonline.ag we have a long list of topics to discuss in this episode as the boston bruins and st louis blues are in the middle of the stanley cup finals but just before all that jazz let's welcome back the rest of our panel rob tomlin and court lamont how's it going guys uh very tired yeah i know we talked we talked in the pre uh the pre-show, uh, you know, ramping up to you know, getting on the recording here. And, uh, yeah, you heard, heard you. Uh, it was a late one for you, huh, bud? Yeah, to stay up for, like, what, 1 o'clock is the start time, but it doesn't start till about quarter past 20 past 1. Oh, come on, and 35. Then, well, yeah. <laughs> bullshit. And then you get, like... I think there was eight minutes left in the first before my eyes rolled into the back of my head and that was it. And then next time I looked at my phone, it said game is over. So that was good. Well, I'm sure um, ben, I'm sure Twitter was beneficial this morning with all the highlights and everything. Oh, yeah. Like, I think I've watched about 6,000 gifts today just to understand <laughs> what happened. But, yeah, it's good. And as, and as you heard a little while ago, Court chime in. Court, how's it going, man? Uh, it's going good. I'm, uh, I'm going to ask all the listeners. I'm trying to buy tickets to Game 5. Please, please, I will pay for them. He is uh, at Court Lalonde on Twitter. Yeah, I'm trying really bad. I, I just want to go a game now. 
<laughs> I, I originally said I didn't want to pay a mortgage, but uh, whatever. It's to the you point. You're a cat in the corner, and you're ready to fight back. Oh, it's so ridiculous, the prices, but uh, whatever. Yeah. And if uh, they win game four, if they win but, game four, then prices are only going up. Oh, I'm well aware. No, prices already went up after winning the tournament. Way to settle. Yeah. <laughs> prices went up last night. Uh, yeah, like I said, we have a, a long list of topics to go through. Um, and thank you to you both for chiming in on those. Um, but we got to start right now with it. I mean, we, the last podcast that we had was on, uh, May 25th, uh, 2019. So that was just to tee up this series, this Stanley cup final series. So, um, the Bruins now have a two to one series lead in the best of seven and, it's been up and down. It's been a real roller coaster. The game one was really exciting, a four to two uh, win at home at TD Garden. But then the next night, uh, the next time they played at the Garden, it was a three to two overtime loss. Um, and but in that game, a lot of stuff happened. There's a lot of emotional things going on, and and uh, and th- this series is just going to be gritty and gritty as we keep going. And uh, and going into last night, seven to two beatdown of the Blues in their barn at the enterprise center in St. Louis, Missouri. We went there. I didn't think it was going to happen. I mean, I was positive about the game, but I just didn't think that this was going to happen. Uh, thoughts on these three games so far from you, uh, from you guys. Um, I mean, the Bruins have played amazing. Uh, the second game they played crap, but still managed to take it to overtime. Um, and the Blues played pretty good that game as well. It wasn't like the Blues were playing bad. Um, but it's just been the the scrappier series of the playoffs. Like, I think there must be the most hits three games in of any playoff series. Um, both teams are just, just hate each other right now. So it's fun to watch. Yeah, the Bruins are actually getting out hit. In most games, um, they got hit, they got out hit, out shot, but uh, they uh, four for four on the power play with four shots four on shots. net. That's oh. craziness! Oh, it's absolutely crazy. You got Tory Crew playing like he's uh, like Brad Park because if I say Bobby Orr, everybody will have a diaper fit, so I don't want to say it because uh, he's playing great. He's not Bobby Orr, but he's just playing like playing like Bobby Orr. Um, you got Bergeron, whoever everybody says is hurt, and uh. I guess he just gave everybody a big middle finger. He's not hurt. Um, I don't know. I, I don't even – they put Bington out of the net. It was just such a good game. But as Rob said, I think it's going to get dirtier and dirtier and dirtier. Absolutely. The physicality is just it's, – it's, it's, it's what you want to see in, in, the, in a playoff-style um, game. But at, at what cost is it going to be? Because um, uh, let's just get right into the Grizzlick injury. Um, was was that dirty? Obviously, I mean, he guys got suspended, so he's going to pay the price, and and that's what um, player safety thought at that time. But um, what are your thoughts? Because, in just to touch on, give you a a little heads up on what I'm thinking, he was ready for it. He looked back. He knew it was coming. I just think that the way he reached, he was down a little too low, and kind of got the brunt of it all. But that's just my opinion. I'm not saying it wasn't a you know whether. Whether he turns awkwardly beforehand, that's still a boarding call. That's too much force when a guy is up against the boards. 
Um, and if someone had done that to a St. Louis defenseman, the fans would be up in arms. So Every fan base across the NHL would be up in arms. Yeah. I mean, that, that hit is... Well, first of all, it directs his head into the boards. So that's the case for the suspension because it's intent to injure. But it's on the numbers. It's shoulder straight into the numbers. You'd think you'd go in there for a bear hug, but the guys are obviously trying to play the physical game and play that hard-nosed game. Um, And it's just... That was a scary moment because it didn't look okay getting up. Really didn't. Really I'm 100% with Rob on this one. I I thought it was a terrible hit. Um, Sunquist... Grizz was turned before Sunquist even was past the goal line. He was in front of Tukaraz. And I keep getting told, like, I even had some Bruins fans. They're pretty much blaming it on, blaming it on him, saying it's all on him. Uh, Grizz, Grizz turned too quick. Uh, he couldn't have stopped. It's a fast game. Well, if we think it's a fast game and he couldn't have stopped, then how did Pasta get out of the way of a certain someone on the St. Louis Blues Shen trying to do a dirty hit on him last night? These guys can stop. He knew what he was doing. He knew exactly. If you actually look, he even turns into moving for an upward moment, uh, motion to put him up into the glass. So right. he knew exactly what he was doing. He's an absolute joke. Anybody that wants to say that it was Grizz for turning, just fuck off. Ooh. And Ooh. Uh, big Donny boy over there in Canada. Uh, oh, he's, he's an idiot. For that... The the few things that came out of that from like outside brewing sources was just ridiculous. Like people saying, "Oh well, if you turn it like that, you've got to expect this." What you got to expect your head being smashed into the boards at like what forty mile an hour on skates? No, like no one should expect that hit to be coming. Expect a bear hug. Expect a shoulder hit from the side. Right. to expect to have your head rammed into the boards. Anyone who hasn't watched hockey would realize that that is not part of the game. Yeah, I definitely like, – I, I, got, I got the question from what Don Cherry was saying, but I just I, – I messed that up as usual. But, uh, no, it was definitely just – it was uncalled for. You could – I mean, definitely avoided, and it put a very valued person, a player on this team and on this family that's trying to accomplish a really – personal goal as as this core gets older and the young players are coming in and you know i hope that uh grizzlick's gonna be okay i know that he was in an ambulance and and went to the hospital shortly after um he won't play another game for the rest of the year okay so he's out he's out i heard he was day to day he's out that's okay i feel so bad for his dad as well because that's obviously in attendance within a whole gang member and to see that like happen and you're basically hopeless, you can't run out on the ice. So, I mean, it, my heart sunk as soon as I saw the guy like trying to get up, like you could see that there was something definitely wrong. Oh, he, and then when, he went right for his head. Yeah, yeah. And then when they showed the replay, like slowed it down of his head, like hitting the boards and then the full force of Sunquist going into him. That's, it's not good to see. No, like, think about it. If he's in protocol, do the math. He's got to be there at least seven days. And then yeah. after that, there's just there's no way he can come back. Right. No. And well, I don't think they should right. bring him back. With 
uh, I mean, you've got more, and you've got other guys that can step in. I don't think there's any way you bring this guy back, even if he, even if the doctors say he's all right to go in. I don't think you put him. In. And Moore played well last night. I can't believe him say it, but he played well. Yeah. Then again, they haven't not played well. You know, everybody dumped on Nordstrom in this season. They don't. Everybody that any narrative that the certain people had about any player on this team has been debunked. Yep. Like yep. literally these playoffs been debunked yep. because they all played well. And they're all trying the heart out. Like you see him playing. I mean, Nordstrom, them two shot, shot blocks, like staying up. Very Gregory the, Campbell. Like. Yeah, Gregory Campbell, like with the broken leg thing. Because yeah. I thought he broke his leg after that first shot, the way he was skating about and then taking another one straight in the same place. Yeah. But every, everyone's played their asses off. Like, there's no one out on that ice that you can, like, say anything about. I think but sure as shit, people are dumping on them, like, you know, Bergeron and all them, they're dumping on them. I, I get it. It's just, I can't believe how much people have been dumping on these guys. They're in the Stanley Cup freaking finals. If, if there's one, if Winner there's one lose, thing, I'm going to be like, wow. Right. If there's one thing that I could criticize, it's the no look behind the back passes and to, for immediate turnovers. Like those, those give up nasty scoring chances the other way. Passes? Yeah. They're always him. Jeez. But it's him, it's him too. And I'm not, I'm not hating on Marshan. I love the freaking no. little guy. But it's when he crosses the line and he wants to create some kind of offense by faking somebody out and then just muffins it right in the middle of the zone. And then it's just, it's gone the other way. You know, it's just, that stuff's got to stop. And there's a few other players that have been doing it too. So. But, but every that, single every single player on the ice has had something to do with getting to where they're at now. Like there that. isn't a player on there that you can't go back through every game that we've played and go, well, that's a turning point, and that's a turning point right. for every single guy. And speaking of Tory Krug, like Court was saying before, he might be playing like a certain Bobby Orr, but to me, he's playing like the Tory Krug that came into the league during the playoffs and absolutely tore it up. Yeah, the guy stole a job for the rest of time by coming into the playoffs and doing this. And now, when they needed it most from the back end, the guy has just exploded. Yeah, and he looks insane out there. I think that from game one where he got straddled by was it Patrick Maroon or someone else? <laughs> no, it was when he got it was, it when he got mangled. His parent, who hasn't oh, got a Perrin. single penalty so far these playoffs, which, which is, is crazy. Probably, it's just hilarious because he's ridiculous. Ever, ever since that moment, Tory Kruger's changed his game. And the speed is coming out, the confidence coming out. He's hitting guys like his, like his Zidane Chara. Yeah, his defensive the, play has been fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's on Insane. drugs. Apparently he's on drugs too, right? And oh, as, yes. as soon as he gets like the puck, he's looking up ice again. Like, he's not taking that time in the defensive zone, skating around. He's looking for that breakout pass as soon as he gets it. And that's the best kind of Tory group when he just wants to move forward all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the whole, the whole, the whole uh, Krug's on drugs thing, that was kind of funny. And I think... Um, and he got, broke a record last game. Four points in the yeah, game. absolutely. I think the whole thing was uh, more or less like... Bennington was saying that he's, like, playing like he was possessed. You know what I'm saying? It's like oh yeah, with the eyes thing when he yeah. said, "Oh, I've never seen someone's eyes wider." He must yeah, be I don't think it was a di- you know direct thing that he's doing something like so many Bruins fans just flipped out about 
It's, you know, it's the playoffs. These guys are going to go back and forth with the media. It's, it's, it's part of the game. Do you know um, why you did the whole stare down thing? I do not. Because apparently he keeps staring down all the players, like, after he makes a save. Like, he'll stare someone down until they leave. I did not know that. Well, because so he's not nervous, right? Nothing, nothing rattles Benny. Yeah. Or, sorry, Winnington, as they call him in St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. I call him so, Losington, but... <laughs> oh, my God. I, last night, he looked so rattled. Like, yeah, when he, he got on the bench, and then when they lost... And they were going off the ice. He looked even worse. Oh yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. He didn't even. He went to the room after he got pulled like a little baby. He yeah, even... but he came back out, didn't he? And then at the end of the game, like they showed. Yeah, but he didn't come back out to the next period. Yeah, because he obviously which had is a little... terrible. What does that tell your team? Like yeah. he looked like a moron for doing that. I'm sorry. It's just to just me says... made zero sense. Just because you I got wonder pulled. If he... I wonder if he did the Tuca milk crate thing down the hall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is funny. Um, what's not funny is uh, is Pierre Maguire and and his comments uh, to Patrice Bergeron on the bench after the game. Uh, in the interview, bluntly, just bluntly, came out and said, uh, "Patrice, are you injured?" And he said, "I'm feeling good." And then that was the end of the conversation. It was very quick. Um, it, it why bother asking a a, a constant professional like this a guy that wears his shoulder on his i mean wears his hat on his sleeves and you know he's not going to tell you stuff like that and he's certainly not going to give intel to the st louis blues on where to attack um i just thought that that was kind of funny but i don't know yeah like go out there and go oh yeah i dislocate my shoulder but it's all right now no one hit me in the shoulder by the way don't do that <laughs> i don't the have guy- that feed this is the whole. This is that Brad. Marshall oh, you missed thing. it. Yeah, because it's not, I have CBC. Oh, yeah. I get like the the panel with people that know how to talk about hockey. <laughs> this is. Can you not remember Brad Marchand? I think it was last round where someone tried to interview him and he just went, "Yep, yep." Oh, yeah, yeah, yep, that yep. was awesome. This was this awesome. is gonna turn round like that on Bergeron. Someone's gonna say, "Oh, everyone calls him a professional," and blah blah blah, and he's saying this. No, you ask a stupid question, you get a stupid answer. Oh like, no, no one's gonna cool. go after Bergeron. If that was Marchand <laughs> on the bench, they'd go after him. No oh, one yeah. near Bergeron. But everyone in like everyone in the world knows Bergeron is like the utmost professional hockey player there is. Like there isn't another guy out there like him. So. I mean, if, if you manage to piss him off, uh, you've done something wrong, obviously. Uh, how about the St. Louis Blues? I know we talked about it a little bit more, but are they, like, at the point of they're really playing dirty? Because, um, <laughs> you know, I'm seeing a lot of things that are getting overseen, especially from the officials, which is not a shocker to me. And in these playoffs, it seemed like the whistle's just been buried in their pocket. But um, that seems to be a, a narrative that will never never stop being talked about in this postseason. But are, are they just taking liberties to think that they need to do that to play against a team like the Bruins to get try to get into our heads? Like, we're playing in theirs rent-free? They've been doing it all playoffs against every team, I think. Their whole thing is if you hit someone hard enough, you don't have to play in the next game. Um, and it's not the right way to go around about things. Um, I think a, peop- a couple of people have called it out, saying 
that it's ridiculous. I mean, jumping into hits, especially the last game, you had Sammy Blay on David Backus in the corner at the beginning that, okay. of the game. Let, let's get into that, how that has to be a suspension. But it's not going to be. It wasn't even oh, a penalty. That's the best part. The guy hopped and cross-checked him in the face. Like, if there's ever anyone leaving the feet for a hit, that guy jumped about 12 feet before he even hit David Backus. Uh, I don't understand how no one sees it. I mean, it's a fast game, yes. But... And then you have Braden Shen on David Pasternak where he nearly kills him. Yeah, uh, face so, uh, got me a little bit. Yeah, I was like, oh. Regardless of the miss mark, because I, I know you, you, you mentioned it before, if he actually connects, it's charging. He was yeah. literally flying through the air trying to hit him. Yeah, yeah. That's, that would be a great example of a charging call. Absolutely. And if and did you also him. hear that Shen admitted that he thought he was going to the, the Bruins? So that trade was done. That was happening. Oh. Really? Yeah, because he heard from his agent he might be a Boston Bruin. That's crazy. Jeez. But I'm kind of glad right now because Charlie Coyle's better than yep. any other third liner I could imagine. Yeah, um, yeah shit. But, I mean, that that hit on David Pasternak, if he hits him, not only is it a charging call, not only does he get suspended, but Pasternak's out the rest of this series. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I think full well, if that's if that shoulder to head, which it would have been if he was like an inch to the left, Pasternak's done. Like, there's nothing you're doing about that. Um, and- but the game's so fast, yet Pasternak somehow got out of the way. That's just my whole point on this. Everybody, time someone says, oh, the game's so fast, these guys can't stop their, their motion. Pasternak had a split second and got out of the way. Yeah. 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 And then you look at Nolachari and Sean Corrali when they're forechecking, and they're actually holding up. Like, there's plenty of times where they could have drilled someone through the glass, and they're not doing. The bear-hugging guys on the glass, they're forechecking like a normal hockey team. And then the Blues are going out there and doing this. And I just... It might be a little bit Bruins bias thing, but if I was, if I wasn't a Bruins fan and I saw this, I'd think, "Jesus Christ, the Blues are trying to kill him." <laughs> like the, some of these things are just stupid. And if you're a Blues fan saying that the Bruins aren't getting called for stuff, you need to rethink your whole hockey fanness. Oh shit. Yeah, I got to do a little bit of an ad read, but for our great sponsor. But like we, I, I mentioned earlier. We're right in the middle of the 2019 Stanley Cup Finals against the St. Louis Blues. So if your confidence is high and feeling lucky, we suggest one website that's unlike no other to place a wager. Get in on the action, grab the odds, and allow the experts at betonline.ag do the heavy lifting for you. Sports, live betting, virtual casinos, you name it, betonline.ag is CLNS Media's preferred sportsbook online. Please support our Black and Gold Hockey podcast by going to clnsmedia.com slash Bruins and use code CLNS50 for 50% back after your first deposit. That's CLNS50 at clnsmedia.com slash Bruins. Betonline.ag, your online sports work expert. Um, but anyway, I placed a bet uh, on last night's game and I won. I bet, I bet the money line on the Bruins uh, to win on the road. And I also uh, parlayed that with uh, the uh, total score being over five, and I won. So I'm pretty freaking pumped about that as my first win on uh, on us on uh, betonline.ag. So I'm pretty pumped about that. So 
uh, definitely get on the action. There's all the sports worldwide. They do soccer, football, baseball, hockey, everything. Uh, they even do AHL, which I'm really pumped about uh, to get on the on that action um, next year. So looking forward to it. Um, but getting back to some topics, uh, what have been the keys to the success of the Boston Bruins uh, in this series? Um, I think just discipline, not taking stupid penalties, not reacting to stupid hits. Um, I think there could be a lot more nastiness if the Bruins decided to play the Blues game. Uh, but they seem to be just playing their game, keeping the morale up, just doing what needs to be done. And I think once they get off the ice and they're leaving, it's a case that the Bruins are relaxing and they're not they're not taking it 100% serious and like tra- overtraining and doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing. They're just going out there playing hockey and doing it their way. So. Well, one of the one of the biggest things, the keys, like you touched on it there with the discipline, but then again, last night they, for some reason, just decided to uh, try to lose, just kept parading to the box over and over again. But special teams to me, their PK hasn't been scored on, I think. Like their PK right now is 86%, but their power play is 35%. So their special teams is like disgusting right now. But it's also the adjustments they're making. So in game one, they come at it, they beat the Blues. Game two, they play terrible in all of our eyes, but they still almost win the game. And then that was them trying to play the St. Louis Blues blue style and started going out there and hit and so forth and going back at them. But St. Louis is still trying to do what Columbus did. They're trying to be like, hey, we can out-hit them. We can out-hit them to death. They out-hit the Bruins last night, but the Bruins' forecheck was on point. They were dumping in pucks, but they were throwing them in hard. Instead of just trying to flip it over the defenseman, like they were doing in game two and then chasing after it. They were first on pucks. They were getting open in the seams. They were doing all the smart things. So it's a lot of the adjustments. They're not afraid to change things up. The coaching staff, the players, they've all bought in. That to me is their biggest key so far on these playoffs. It's just, they bought in doing what they're supposed to do. And they keep changing it up. Like you look at all these other teams, St. Louis has still played the same style since game one. They haven't changed a thing. Columbus kept playing the same style every game. Didn't change a thing. Boston changes it up game per game. Yeah, exactly. Pucks in deep. That's <laughs> all you got to do. Pucks in deep. But um, go get them. The best, uh, the best thing I I got out of this series was last night's game and how tight. Um, as soon as the uh, St. Louis Blues gets the puck, the I Bruin is right on them, and they just cannot make a decision. I, I saw that for periods of time, there was like 200-foot hockey. That's the way it was played. As soon as St. Louis got it, bam, Bruins were on them and really frustrated them to make some uh, some big mistakes, which ended up some, to some many goals last night, at least at least four of them in my, in my opinion, uh, not including the, uh, the power play goals, obviously, but – uh, and this, yeah, we already talked on special teams. That was uh, the next one. So, um, and it, how about Tuka Rask? I mean, that guy just—he cannot be rattled. Absolutely not be rattled. Even if uh, Perron's in his face, he's still laughing him away, just like he's doing to all the haters uh, right now. So this is exciting for him. Uh, he's just very zoned. Um, absolutely the best hockey I've ever seen him play in his career. 
This is this is top notch. Um, and and if you're not enjoying it, I don't know what kind of human being you are. Just go bury yourself somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I found it funny that St. Louis decided to play Metallica during the pre-game skate. That's his jam. Yeah, I was going to say that's kind of a bad idea to get Tuka a bit more focused by right. playing some Metallica. But um, yeah, the guy just it just looks calm. Like that's the main thing. Every time he takes his mask up to have a drink, he just looks relaxed. Um, when a goal goes in, he doesn't look frustrated. He just kind of shakes it off, drink a water, get back to work, that kind of thing. So I just he just needs to continue. Like this is what he needs to do all the time. Just stay relaxed, try not to get frustrated, play his game. That's it. Yeah, because I'm at the point where, regardless whether they win or lose, because I, I can't say the Bruins are going to win the cup yet because you know they got to win four, uh, two more games to win. He's Con Smythe, no matter what. I don't think there's anybody yeah. else. Bennington has lost any sort of chance he has at being any Con Smythe. Um, Tuka Rask right now has proven all the naysayers. Um, the amount of people that we have heard over the last couple of years, say he can't get this team here. He can't do this. He can't do that. Like, I don't even know how they can lift their head high or write an article for NBC sports um, without feeling like a moron, to be totally honest, because their takes are just terrible. Like, it doesn't matter what you want to say. This guy is the only reason this Boston Bruins team is where they are right now, because he beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, and St. Louis changed all the, the – Anything to do with the Con Smythe now with the St. Louis Blues is Jaden Swartz. So, yeah, and he, yeah. Hasn't even, he hasn't played well against Bruins at all. Yeah, no. and before it was Binnington everything. Like, every pulse was about Binnington. Now it seems like they've changed over to Jordan Swartz. So I think Parasenko's the fans, been the best player by yeah. far. And I think the fans are losing that kind of, oh, he can't be beaten. Like, he's going to take us all the way. I think that's going away from the fans. I think if you get pulled in a Stanley Cup final game, that's kind of that's going to shake anyone. I mean, if Tuca got pulled in a Stanley Cup final game, I'd be a bit like I'd be a bit scared. But, yeah, but he's having yeah. fun. Like, have you seen the interview? The interview where he he made the joke. He was like, "All right, thanks, Chuck, for coming." And then yeah. last night he's doing the interviews again, and they were asking about what happened between him and Perron. And he was like, oh, he, called, he told me I was flopping. And uh, I told him I wasn't. And he just like ends it up. He's like, whatever. <laughs> and then when they had the other interview, and they're like, okay, you're done. He goes, cool, thanks. And then yeah. he just gets up and walks away. That he's was quick. He's calm. He's cool. He's collected. He's out there to prove everybody wrong. You know, he's got a what, 1.99 goals against average right now. He's just stupid good. Yeah. Yeah. When, I, when, I, when I'm really getting a um, see from him, especially in this series, is – is the way that uh, this Blues team is, is just got the tenacity to get in front of him and try to rattle him, and and he's taking some hits. I mean, he's he's getting. I'm I'm just gonna say he's getting beat up in that crease, and he's and he's taking it very well. He he gets up, he gets out, he does his little curl around around the uh, faceoff dot, gets back in there, and, just, and gets ready to for the faceoff. So. It's just something that I've, I haven't seen so far in this, in this career, and, and it's just it's unbelievable to watch. It, I'm just still in awe of how good this is happening, and 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 what the potential outcome could be for this for this guy, uh, especially at this part of his career. 
Um, European and, goalies. And a yeah, special breed. And, it's, and it's just proving the point that goaltenders take a lot longer to get to like this, these types of moments. You're going to have your ups and downs. Like look at, look at Lundqvist, for example. He's a fantastic goaltender, but he's a goaltender that's not going to ever get you to that promised land like Rask is now. You know, Rask got him there before, no? It's just, yeah, 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 it's 2013. Hard. Right, right, right. Getting there and getting it done to me is, is, is few and far between, but it's still the effort that should be, you know, celebrated. I mean, that's a, that's a great organizational moment to get to those levels and, and even win it. So. so question to you guys, what, do, what does everybody say to the fact that right now he is playing better than Tim Thomas did in 2011? A lot of people, including myself, used to say, single-handedly the best goaltending performance I've seen in the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. Stanley um, Cup playoffs. Well, right now, Tuka Rask is having the best Stanley Cup Finals, ever. Stanley Cup playoffs that I've ever seen in goaltending. It, now, yeah. is so, that, what does that, that say league, to everybody? Is that league-wide, too, by the way? What do you mean? Is he the best league-wide in, in the whole, in, in the whole history? Now? Yeah. Well, I would believe he is. I'd have to double check the stats, but like I'm talking about performance. Like right. when Tim Thomas okay. did, he did in 2011, we all lost our minds. Well, right now, Rask has better numbers all around. Yeah, and I'm losing my mind. So yeah, the thing so is, he's like, gonna have. So Boston lore, like you know, everybody always talks about Tim Thomas, Tim Thomas, Tim Thomas. I almost will say, besides the cup, everybody's gonna. He's not gonna have that nostalgia that he used to have from all the fans. Right. Yeah. So go away. There's no more bar. We're all even now. <laughs> the thing with 2011 was, I think it was more because Tim Thomas entertained the fans. Like the hitting a guy on a breakaway, all the crazy stuff that he did. The, you mean being out of position all the time, so yeah, he had to do all these crazy like, things. Yeah, but like the backdoor saves and all the flashy stuff, like he did all that. and that's Because I think he that's wasn't playing why, his position. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's why. If, if you're not like if you're not fully into hockey and you see that, that's entertaining. That's why people talk about Tim Thomas because if you don't follow it religiously, that performance is entertaining and amazing. But if you look at it from a hockey point of view, what Tuka Rask has done this postseason is just insane. Like, you look at the numbers, like how, how many times he's been out of position, how many times he's been beaten by certain things. And every time you're looking at it, it tops the list of every goaltender in the past 60 years. Like it, it's insane, like some of the stuff that he's done. And I honestly think there will still be some people out there that say Tim Thomas's run is better. But to me, this run is I don't think it's possible. Insane. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it's – I really don't. Statistically, it's not possible. And then you get into the next question. Like I've always said it, Tim Thomas will never be in the Hockey Hall of Fame because – as much as Boston Bruins fans say, oh, he had that great playoffs, and yeah, he got this team a Stanley Cup, but guess what? He never did anything else. There's no way he'll ever right. get it. He only did, you know he only did it one time. Tuka Rask wins the Stanley Cup this year. He'll get in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, but he also took them to the finals in 2013. Yeah, and he He's also done... has the best career numbers than any other yeah. goalie. Like, Tuka Rask has all these things. Yeah. yeah, but just the NHL. Yeah. It's some of the best overall career numbers there is. So, Tuka yeah. Rask will get in. They were even saying last night, they were talking about it on Hockey Night in Canada. Like, you know, Bergeron's definitely in, and Tuka Rask could have that conversation possibly. And if you think about it, if this team comes back exactly the same next year with all the well. guys and they keep all the prospects that they've got, like, 
it's just insane. Like this team can go on another run. Like the Bruins are building a dynasty. Like they're building a Patriots style hockey team where they can go in and perform. I don't but think you can you have can... a dynasty in this NHL. I think it's possible. Yeah, because of the salary cap. Well, because Krug mean... won't be back. He'll be back next year. But I, I love the guy to death. He's not taking a $5 million pay cut to stay here. Yeah. But, I mean, is the question is, can someone come up and perform to his standards in the next couple of years? And there's a possibility that there may be some type of player out there that can do that. Connor Clifton. Well, not just Connor Clifton, but I mean, you've got Krug, though. No, I'm right. Right. He's great. I love Clifton. He's awesome. You've got a guy like Zaboral that has the offensive upside that he shows it sometimes could do that if he progresses in time. You've got a guy like um, Lozon. Lozon. I mean, more of a defensive guy, but he can still play the offensive style game. One of these guys could explode out of nowhere. I mean, no one saw Connor Clifton coming in and doing what he's done this postseason. It's been awesome. There could be a guy from college free agency that comes in and does exactly what Krug did because he was a college free agent. And he came up in the playoffs the year that he was signed and did it. So there's always a chance that someone comes along and just performs the same. Yeah, and as of right now, the contract's at 35 out of 50. So And they're making space for the the draft coming up, free agency, uh, and and possibly to sign some other guys. but, yeah, because uh, the two guys that they had unrestricted haven't been signed. So yeah, and go. and actually, as of yesterday, June first uh, at five p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, the Bruins are no longer um, have the rights to Cedric Pare and Daniel Bukash. They are free agents. I believe Bukash can enter the can re-enter the draft if not both players, but that remains to be seen what happens. But. Oh, well, best of luck to them, uh, but it, that's the way the organization goes. And just to touch on this a little bit, this is not in any, any way a, a, a knock on scouting. If you don't sign a player, it's more or less like I don't believe the player sees a future in the NHL with his team. He might want to explore other options, but that's not on the drafting. A lot of people are really seriously pissed off about these two signings, and I'm like, it's a sixth and seventh round. You know, I mean – you're not going to get the Datsuks out of those out of those late rounds anymore, you know. Or you might, you might. You, nobody knows, but these guys, I'm not sure if they were actually going to be a big, huge part in this organization. So, but if you uh, look at the depth chart as well, Cedric Parra is a centerman. You look at the centerman that within the organization, there's no room. Yeah, and then you look at Daniel Bukash. and the defenseman, big, big defenseman. You got a guy like Euro Vakaninen. Left-handed defenseman as well. So you got Euro Vakaninen, you got um, Zaboral, you got it, just the list goes on. So yeah. if you are not going to fit these guys into an organization, why sign them? So I mean, they just—that's the thing. They loaded up on guys and they saw which ones fit and they kept with them. And the guys that don't fit, then they go. Yeah. And then they start loading up on other positions that they're low on prospects for. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, but before that, I want to give a shout-out to Paul Michaels. And you can find him on Twitter, at Paul Michaels. This guy uh, painted his garage floor, and he doesn't park his cars there, and he calls it the hub. And the floor is, is, is the Boston Garden ice. 
and he opens it up and then it's just really cool that how the the neighborhood comes together and Paul what? Paul Michaels. He's got a picture of it. It's in his garage and like he said he he just he doesn't very rarely puts cars in there. You mean the parked car in the garage? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. But uh no, seriously, shout out. he goes out there and paints every year and uh resurfaces, so I just wanted to give him a shout out cuz I saw it on Twitter and I retweeted it. So if you want to go back in my my timeline and check it out, uh you're welcome to. But um yeah, shout out to Paul. Give him a follow. Uh it's pretty cool stuff. Uh we'll oh, be right we back. You got it? Yeah. Did you see the picture? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. <laughs> but anyway, we'll be right back and get on the uh, list of uh, more topics to uh, uh, finish off the second half of the show. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world. And we are back. Um, this one, this one is all court, and I want him to have this one. But uh, Bruce Cassidy locker room upgrades. Uh, so I found out it's the training staff. I thought when some people have written articles, but now some people are saying it was the training staff. So what Mark is alluding to is the um, the posters and everything that they put up around the room. There's pictures of Bobby Orr with the cup. There's pictures of Chara with the cup. There's pictures of Tuka Rask with the cup. Um, and as Tuka alluded to in his interview, um, it's the same picture he has in his man cave in his basement. So he's loving it. So some St. Louis fans and some, you know, people on the social media were making fun of the team saying, oh, they had to be reminded of what it takes to win a cup. When, you know what? You do sometimes. It's not the reminder of what it takes to win a cup. It's, hey, this is can be you. Guys in this room that you're looking at, we can tell you they've won it. Here's Here's actual proof. There's pictures on the wall. Um, it's motivation. They're doing so many different things on this hockey club that just make me, I don't know, it just puts a smile on my face. Maybe the uh, St. Louis Blues should take a picture, I mean, um, some notes from the Boston Bruins organization because we've had uh, seven of these. Oh, shoot. Not yet. Sorry, six. 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 So, our, if we don't win, oh, we're going to have a problem now. <laughs> That's terrible audio. <laughs> but – Anyway, we have six of these, so we've had some really good practice. Yeah, because some people, like I was watching on, uh, on the news, they said it was Bruce, and now I'm reading another article that was saying that it's the trainers that brought it in. Whoever did it, fantastic idea. Nice. Uh, I, uh, you can see it all over social media. They just show all the pictures. Someone, um, Connor Ryan, he put up a video of it, of the dressing room, and how you can see all the photos. I just think it's awesome. Yeah, that's freaking badass. Because that stuff, that's the kind of stuff that pumps you up. Like the fact that if you look at it, like so Dana Chara, if you look, and all the guys that are on Instagram, they like the photo after every single game. Like they're so in tune. Like I, 
I don't know, man. It's crazy. Um, what do you, uh, thoughts, Rob, on uh, just, on the uh, on the pictures? Have you seen them? It's just a case of visualizing what you want to do. I mean, so many teams have like one of them boards that they put up on the wall, like New York did it the other year when they got to the finals, where you put a piece of the Stanley Cup in, and at the end it's full and you've won the Stanley Cup. Like, it's just visualizing what you want to do. And it's a great thing to get people to do that because it pushes them on. You see what you see what you want right there in front of you before you go out to play. And you know what you want to do. So the Bruins are doing exactly that. And I think it's great that they're actually buying in, like, like Court says, buying in to everything. Like every member of staff is buying into the team and doing everything that they can to get guys going. I mean, they've brought in so many people into the locker room this year compared to other years. Um, it's just been crazy. Like, I just hope this kind of chemistry stays around. Yeah, definitely. It's been something to see, that's for sure. Um, and, and, and not only that, but uh, what's been something to see was uh, John Moore's. Um, you know, the next man up mentality kind of, kind of thing and, and, and his insertion into the lineup with the Grizzly injury. Um, and I know we touched on it a little bit more, but it is a topic that I'd like to hit on. Is, um, these are the situations when your seventh uh, defenseman are really important, and especially in the playoffs when you can carry more than um, over the roster 23-man limit. Um, so, but having players like Camphor and a player like Moore around are very important. So, um, I thought he did okay. I thought he was very physical in the moments he needed to. I thought he was there a lot when he was, uh, when Tuka Rass was like possibly getting, uh, some liberties taken on him and, or, or bodies needed to be cleared out of the crease. I thought Moore was, uh, played a sufficient role into that. And, um, and I was actually surprised in his aggressiveness because of how long he's been, he's not played, but I thought he fit in really well and, 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 and kind of got a little bit of chemistry trying to, and, and his transition game out of the zone, I thought was pretty decent when he had the puck. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw people calling like saying, Oh, someone from Providence should come up and play that role. Like they don't trust more, but this season more than any, I'd trust the, the veteran guys, the guys who've been in the NHL. I mean, back in Ireland, went out of the NHL with a concussion back down to the AHL. So, trusting on a guy who's been around for, I think it's 10 years in the league now. Um, the guy's a good player. I, I don't understand all the hate for him. I know there's the whole Corsi and Moneyball thing. Like, just the, the guy can play. And you're paying him for five years. Um, I just think next guy up should be a veteran if you have a veteran there. And uh, the guy played all right. From what I saw, he, from what I've seen, every time he's come up like to play, he's been good. Uh, he's not been excellent. He's not been Eric Carlson pre-ankle injury. Uh, but... I mean, what more do you want? You want a guy to shut down on that third pair? He's there. So I can't fault the Bruins for using. Yeah, NHL experience is so valuable. Uh, 
Yeah, they've all been great. Like I don't, uh, I, I said it before. It's next man up. Doesn't matter who goes into the lineup. They played fantastic. Camphers played great. Moore's played great. It didn't make a difference. Clifton coming in at the beginning of the playoffs has been fantastic. Whoever comes into the lineup is committed and is into the system, and they don't care that they've been sitting or haven't haven't been playing. They don't care. They just all have the same goal, and that's winning. That's all that matters. What's all about? Um, and uh, actually, we're just going to jump into this one real quick. Shout out to um, uh, Bruins prospect Jakub Lauko, uh, capturing the uh, 2019 Memorial Cup with his uh, Ruin Naranda Huskies. Um, fantastic year. Uh, I think they they had a 58 and eight season, which was like the second highest uh, best record in CHL history. Um, he had uh, 44 points in 41 games, so he had a solid season that way. Um, a President's Cup championship in the uh, in the queue, and uh, obviously the Memorial Cup that was just held in uh, in Halifax, I believe, last weekend and uh, the week before that. So, uh, shout out to him. Uh, he played really well, and uh, and he got the award for most points in the Memorial Cup with eight. So that was really cool. Uh, so shout out to him. Had a and really that, good postseason as well, did Lauko. Yeah, he did. He, I mean, he was so solid. Um, I know there's one game that he missed uh, the final against Halifax for the President's Cup before going to the Memorial Cup. Uh, he was held out of that game, but came out afterwards to to, to hoist the uh, the President's Cup. So, um, yeah, he's a solid prospect. Looking forward to seeing him at development camp um, in the next two or three, hopefully four weeks uh, at the end of uh, June. So. Um, yeah, and and rest of the prospects that are going to be drafted and, and, and headed to that camp and, and other players in the uh, Providence Bruins organization are going to be up there too. So, um, well, we pissed right through these wicked topics. Um, but with with that, uh, we'll end it with this one. Um, with the remaining schedule, which has the uh, Bruins and St. Louis Blues in the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, getting back to uh, work on Monday night for Game Four. And the, obviously the Bruins have a two-to-one uh, series lead. Um, could this – what would it be like winning at home? I mean, capturing it in front of the 17,565 and probably thousands that are outside of the, uh, the TD Garden to, to live this moment um, as one big uh, Bruins family. Uh, how important would that be, and, um, and can it be done? I think – there's a chance that it can be done. I mean, there's always a chance that it can be done. Uh, they didn't win it in 2011 at home. So I'm thinking they're going to try the best to do it at home this year. Uh, if they win the next game, I mean, going into that game five, I think the Bruins will do everything that they can. I think they'll play the hardest game they've ever played just to win it at home. Um there were loads of people saying, oh, they should lose one on purpose to win it at home, or if they, if it's game six, they should lose one and blah, blah, blah. Like, that's just crazy. Like, you just want to win it. So whether it's at home or not, I don't mind, obviously, because I'm not going to be in Boston. I think <laughs> if Court gets tickets for game five, he'll be hoping that they win it at home. If um, they win in game five, and I already turned, because I turned down, I could have got tickets. My wife wanted to go to game one. She had a big... Deal about it. Got to go to game one. What if there's a sweep? I didn't want to have the conversation with her, the odds of having to sweep, because she would get mad at me, because she's my <laughs> wife and I love her. But And now all of a sudden she wants to go to game five, and I'm like, 
even though just to let everybody know for me to go to the game with tickets, hotel and flight Canadian, it's almost four grand craziness, crazy town. Damn. Tickets are five fifty US each. That's if I buy them through the team. They're five fifty US each. I won't have to pay fees and all that. That works out to seven twenty one Canadian a ticket. God, and then my flight time. and a hotel's around four hundred US a night. So there's another seven hundred a night for the hotel. It's like four grand. That's nuts. That's I'm nuts. I go to college. <laughs> well, stupid Bruins. <laughs> Well, to be fair, I looked at the football tickets for the away game last night. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, congrats, by the way. Congrats. Yeah. I'm not joking. Everywhere in England, every flight out to Madrid, like the prices just went up stupidly. Uh, every price for everything to get there went hiked up. The ticket prices were insane. Like, not just mortgaging a house. I think you'd have to mortgage a whole town to afford to go there. So, yeah, that was a case of no can do. Definitely not. Oh, it, it, we got to talk about Sean Corrales real quick before we we we, uh, we end this. What about that guy? And uh, he's just been an absolute tank. Um, and 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 a, a vital goal scorer at at what. Times of serious need when we, when this team needs a uh, a spark and 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 he's definitely that guy. He just gets off the bench, he gets in your face. You know, it's just his speed is is awesome. And that shot, that shot that he does in between the legs or right alongside the legs, it reminds me of Phil Kessel. It's very Phil Kessel esque. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Mid stride snapshot. Yeah, yeah, just like bam, and, and he's because he doesn't he doesn't plant his feet when he shoots. Uh, right, like that's why it's Phil Kessel esque because he does it kind of mid stride, like gets it off as his feet are in the air, just risks it. But I mean, that goal last night, the one between the wickets, that was that was the goal that kind of changed the game, yeah. that kind of killed all momentum for Binnington. Like you saw how frustrated he was afterwards. Uh, but I mean, the guy's been. Like I said a few podcasts ago, I think he's been the best fourth liner out of any team this playoffs. Yeah, uh, and there's been some crazy good guys playing on fourth lines, but I think Sean Corelli has been that leadership on that fourth line and kind of push. He raises morale every time he scores. Like everyone loves it. He runs straight to the boards, shakes everyone off, and then just smash straight into the boards. So was the last yeah. night he found the only brew like. <clears throat> There wasn't a lot of Bruins jerseys in the stands. Let's, uh, I think we can all admit that. <clears throat> and Corrali somehow, after scoring that goal, finds the one Bruins jersey in the stands and jumps up against the glass. Yeah, and then awesome. even Babcock. Babcock made a comment about the Toronto series. He said, when Sean Corrali came back in the lineup, he's like, the series changed. Yeah, yeah, he's just shifted. Because the Bruins now had four lines that could skate and attack. Yep. Yeah. And they dominated. And they've been dominating. And St. Louis is doing the same, like I said before, doing the same thing Columbus is doing. Everybody's trying to play a different style of game they're used to, and Boston just keeps playing the same game. Like, all right, yep. we'll just keep playing our game. Yep. And Which they're finding a, a way to stay healthy. As much as everybody thinks they're the big bad Bruins. They're the fast Bruins. Literally yeah. how they're beating teams. Last night they beat the St. Louis Blues on the forecheck. Did not shoot them. They just got to the pucks first. They got, they got, they got their sticks in the way. 
got to the pucks first. All they needed to do was win the hockey game. All right, I'll add another one. How about the narrative of last year when they lost to in the second round to the um, to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and everybody's saying this team is soft. They got to get the tough guy. They have to get more physical to beat teams like Tampa Bay. Well, I understand Tampa Bay. You know, obviously got got out in the first round, but if Tampa Bay was still in the playoffs and probably still in this mix, um, do you think that the matchup would be? the same as last year in that narrative of we need to be tougher. I don't see that at all. I see this team running over a team like that too. But the thing is, Tampa Bay are exactly what the Bruins are right now, speed and skill. And if you need toughness to beat speed and skill, but uh, it doesn't make any sense for you, like anyone to say, oh, well, you'd need to get tough to beat that. What's up, Bees fans? Mark, um, just here again to let you know that we had some technical difficulties again. Thought we had it straightened out, um, but we've come to the 56-minute mark of the episode, and it seems to not want to record anymore. So, things we're going to work on over the off season. Uh, definitely, we apologize for that, and, um, and we want to get this better. We're working hard. We're, we're just not experts at this, and. And it takes a, a lot to find an expert and pay somebody to do stuff like that. So uh, we're sorry about that. But before we leave for another episode, we'd like to thank our faithful listeners. And please ask that you all rate, review, and subscribe to our Black and Gold Hockey Podcast on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes or any other podcast platform you currently use. We'd also like to thank today's show sponsor, betonline.ag. And as a reminder, please go to clnsmedia.com slash Bruins and uh, use promo code CLNS50 to get 50% back off after first deposit. Uh, for myself, Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin, uh, we wish you and loved ones a safe and happy week and let's get old Bruins. Let's get that Stanley Cup, baby. Let's do it on Thursday at home in front of our own crowd. We got this. Uh, thanks again for listening, folks, and take care. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at blackandgold277, at courtlalonde, and at rob40bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.